I heard about a mansion built for me in glory. The streets of gold about the angels singing the old redemption story. I'll sing up there. I'll be able to sing when I get there. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. By his redeeming blood, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All my love is due you beneath the cleansing flood. He plunged me to victory. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead and hit that right there first. I can't sing down here, but I'll be able to sing up there. <clears throat> I can't sing down here. I can only preach down here, but I'll be able to sing up there. I believe. I don't know. It's up to the Lord. I don't know what the Lord's going to have me doing up there. One thing I know I, I'm going to do is praise Him. I can assure you that. <clears throat> the best definition right here. Just click that off right there. The best definition that I have heard, not yet, not yet, right here at the top. Of wokeism, and I'm going to, by the grace of God, say something about it every night. Because now I have a pastor friend brave enough to deal with this satanic monster that has hit the church and the world. And that devil, he put this together. He's smarter than what my sweet charismatics give him credit for. 
for they are the ones who always say, don't give the devil credit. Nobody's giving the devil credit. The devil is the devil. He's not a dummy. And he, he, he created something that has uh, destroyed a lot of people in the household of faith. It's not God's fault. It's the fault of the people who claim to be Christians. The Laodicean church, the worst Laodicean church in the history of the world. The uh, Judas church is what I call it. That's that's the problem. You know you get know when you're trying to put glasses on top of glasses. <laughs> Woo! An authoritarian. This this is a the definition of wokeness. That from much study and much research and much investigation. Uh, I don't know if he's a doctor or not, but he's a doctor now. Dr. Ed Young Jr. Personally, I didn't think much of him as a pastor. Uh, personally, for many years, and, and he he seemed to be. Uh, in my view, kind of weak and worldly. But God has a way to bring a man around. Not only do I see him as a powerful pastor now, but I see him as a prophet that God has raised up because he said with his own mouth, most pastors are afraid to preach on this subject. Wokeism. And he said, he gave some reasons why. And I'll give you all of the reasons later because I'm going to be here while God has raised me up to park here a while as well to help you. So tell mom and them tell Juneberg and them tell your ma and your pa and tell everybody that Daniel White the third will be dealing with this satanic monster that is destroying your life your marriage, your family, your church, your community, your once beautiful little school in the Dale, in the Vale. This country, your government, and this world 
It is a satanic movement created from uh, created in hell and coming from hell, sweeping the nation and the world, and trying to dismantle and destroy every biblical institution, every institution that God has created. And it will eventually destroy you. Even the proponents of wokeism will be destroyed by it. And are being destroyed by it. When he quoted this definition or uh, stated this definition, that is Dr. Ed Young Jr. His father is no slouch as a preacher either. Both are preaching machines. But I have I have never heard Ed Young Jr. preach like this. <clears throat> now let me give you a little background. He he probably won't bring this up as one of the reasons why uh he is so powerful today in his preaching. But something very tragic. Extremely tragic happened in his life. At the beginnings of wokeism, and I'm not going to say that it, it uh, wokeism had anything to do with it, but it's not, it's not out of the question. But his, his precious daughter died. I mean, grown daughter. That's another, that's, a, that's an extra whammy right there. Okay? So, that's bad. And this was rough. On it. Young Junior. This is rough. And being the loving, fun-loving pastor, no doubt father he is. This, uh, he was taken aback by this. You say, Preacher, do you know Ed Young Jr. personally? No. But see, when you are born again and you're saved... And you're in the Lord and God is giving you wisdom and insight and discernment. You don't have to know people. God will tell you what the situation is. But he was taken aback by that. And a pastor like he is, as he has admitted himself, all pastors are this way. He, he said this in this sermon. Are insecure, more em and more emotional, and more taken aback by things, and more hurt by things than a person like myself, who's called to be an an evangelist and prophet kind of a guy. I do thank God that God brought him out 
Big time. He is in rare form. God took him someplace. You hear me? <laughs> Those of you who are saved, you know what I'm talking about. But not only is he taking on this demonic, satanic, ugly monster. He is taking it on as a cheerful warrior. I believe he, to me he has more joy now than he ever has, uh, he ever had in the past. You say, how can that be with your grown daughter dying on you? The master. The master will make you a master stroke. Because, my friends, this series of messages that Dr. Ed Young Jr. is preaching, that's a master stroke from heaven, Jack. And I doubt very seriously if he would be preaching this series, this series if everything was all right. If he had not gone... so deeply into pain. Don't tell me pain is not good. I mean, they say in the gym, no pain, no gain. That's true. It's the same way in the Christian life. No pain, baby. No gain. Oh, but we, 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 we getting some gain right now. I mean, I've been preaching for almost seven years, nearly every day, by the grace of God, dealing with some of these issues. I'm dealing with it now more thoroughly. But it's wonderful to have a pastor, a pastor who is loving and fun-loving, risking his popularity, risking his his uh, large uh, number of people who attend his services, risking his uh, cool image. He doesn't care about that now. <laughs> he doesn't care about that now. He's been somewhere with God, Zach. You hear me? Huh? God will take you someplace and talk to you. And if you're truly born again, you're not going to go down and stay down forever. God will give you resurrection power. I submit to you that Dr. Ed Young Jr. has been resurrected. He has died, but he lives by the power of Christ. And he is a happy warrior. He's always had joy, but uh, he has more of it now. Because when you preach like he's preaching, Jack, and the last thing on earth he wants to do as a pastor, as he admitted himself, he doesn't want to offend people. But he read back and said, guess what, folks? If you preach the gospel of Christ, you're going to offend people. See, see, I, I, I love this because I know he loves people. 
And I know he does not. The last thing on earth any God called pastor wants to do is offend somebody. That's the last. That's the last thing. I think some of us prophets and evangelists, we uh, we we aim to do that. <laughs> some of us, <laughs> we for sure we don't aim to do it. Most of us don't aim to do it, but for sure we don't care if we do it. I can tell you that. Hmm. You hear what I'm saying to you? By the way, I still need Denzel Washington. Any of you preachers out there, the preacher up in New York, I forget his name. You might be the best one to reach him, T.D. Jakes, the Seventh-day Adventist preacher who lost the beautiful Miss Megan in a divorce. Uh, somebody. Will Smith, don't slap anybody else, but... It was the most beautiful slap recorded in the history of the world. But if you can get in touch with Denzel Washington, I need for him to play Pontius Pilate in my movie. Just 30, 30 minutes. I want him to do it. I know he's black and Pilate was probably white. But he's the only black man that can pull it off. You will forget that Polly was white. I want him, I just want one scene with Pilot and Jesus. The face of Jesus does not have to be seen. I just need for Denzel Washington, Washington to say, you don't want to answer to me? You, you, you don't want... Don't you know? <laughs> oh, it would be it would be a hit. Everybody will go and see it. Everybody and their mama will go and see it. Anyhow, I digress. I just had to say it. Doctor Ed Young Jr. is on fire. And, and I, can I tell you a secret? I have some uh, talking points I need to give you pastors who are afraid and you are scared to say it. I want you to get not just the sermon notes. I want you to get the sermon from Ed Young. I would say, but somebody would take it the wrong way, just go ahead on and plagiarize it. I'll, I'll give you permission to plagiarize it. I'm not going to get on your case. No, but I can't say that because I got on so many other cases, other people's cases. But just go ahead and ask his secretary for it. And I assure you, he'll let you have it. I, I, I don't, and I, I don't. Just don't say his introductory remarks and get up there and say, you know, I got some new glasses today. Don't do that because you don't have any new glasses. You don't even wear glasses, so shut up with that. But I can give you some introductory remarks if you don't have your own. And, and it will protect you from being accused of plagiarism. You can say, 
Dr. Ed Young Jr. Uh, you like him, don't you, congregation? Isn't he a fun-loving pastor? Yes, good, good. Okay, well, he said, there you go. You just, you just quote the whole thing. You don't plagiarize. You give him credit, and you quote the whole thing. It would be, it would be just as powerful if you preached it, because he, 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 he dug down deep. Okay, Pastor. And uh, Pastor T.D. Jakes, Pastor Joel Osteen, I want you all to meet with him. You, you, you guys are probably friends. Meet for lunch and just get the notes directly from him. <clears throat> okay, just get the sermon. The sermons, all, all of them, every last one of them, and go preach it in your church on television over the hills and over the mountains all over the world we need it now this is the definition that he came up with and I, I, I assure you I guarantee in the words of Sammy Madison I guaranteed you That's old time talking. He has a master's degree from Columbia, but he'll, he'll tell you in a heartbeat. I guaranteed you. I don't know why he does that, but that's that's the old school. That's the old way of talking. It's just like the the beautiful woman from Alabama come from the come from the sticks down in the cut. Oh, I loved it, that man. Have you ever heard that before? You haven't been in the South. You you don't know if you're not from the South. I loved it, that man. And uh, I guaranteed you. And then uh, there's another one uh, that they say some people still use it from the old school church. Uh, they'll say if a preacher is preaching real good, uh, the, no, no, uh, when they're introducing the preacher, the man of God. Now, where you get that from? That come, that come from the old. That that's way back. That's when you couldn't talk right. You're introducing. The preacher. And they refuse, they've been educated, they've been through elementary school, they've been through middle school, high school, that's good, and some college. And they're introducing the man, the, the man of God is what they're trying to say, the pastor, the preacher, the, pre, the guest preacher, the guest preacher, the guest speaker. And, and then they'll say, the man of God for the hour, especially in the charismatic churches. 
in the Baptist churches, they'll go deeper than that. They'll say, this man, the man-child. <laughs> Woo! I had one pastor that called me that one time in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, that's what, and every time I, I went there to preach, he would, he would say, the, the man-child is coming to bring the word. And nobody can introduce a, a preacher like black folks. You know that. Well, here's the definition that this brother dug up. And see, I give him his props because he did it. He said, I had to go dig deep on this. First of all, he, he said, and he didn't say it in this particular section. Awokeism is a pagan religion. That means it does not have God involved. Even though some people will say in that like it does. But it doesn't. Okay? It's a pagan religion. It's rooted in paganism. No God, fake God, phony God. And, uh, and here's the big point. He starts right off the bat, and I recognized it immediately. He said, wokeism is an authoritarian worldview that seeks to deconstruct and I would add destroy the foundation and I, I, I have my definitions okay I like his I have mine I've already given you mine and and he's he he believes this too as nice as he is in my definition I begin with Satan Satan created this. It is satanic. It is demonic. He goes on to say it is an authoritarian worldview that seeks to deconstruct the foundations of our Christian faith not only, and I would add, not only our Christian faith, but all of the, uh, the, the God-created institutions of the world. And I have said also the underpinnings of our society as we know it. It is hell-bent on going underneath the foundation and ripping it apart. Destroying the individual, destroying the family, destroying uh, marriage, destroying uh, the church, destroying the government. This is why we got police officers quitting. You know what, listen to me, you know why police officers are quitting? Because wokeism has destroyed the foundations of much of the government. 
and that's why you can't go even visiting New York, my hometown where I was born, to the subway just to have fun. <clears throat> Lest you be thrown onto the railroad track with a train coming. No police officers. Thousands of police officers have quit since the woke people started talking about defunding police, which I have never heard before. But see, they, they heard it before. They talked about it behind the scenes for years. They created uh, uh, people being canceled. They created all of this, man. This comes straight from the devil and hell. An authoritarian worldview, and he touched on this, that looks down their nose at you because you're not woke, that seeks to deconstruct the foundations of our Christian faith and our world, I'm adding that, by overwhelming, overpowering, and overthrowing those who do not adhere to their ideology. Emphasizing authoritarian worldview Destroying of the foundations, overwhelming, overpowering, and overthrowing those who do not adhere to their demonic ideology. And I know some woke Negroes. And being the uh, preacher that God made me to be and the prophet that God made me to be, because God showed it to me, it has not fazed me one bit. It has not bothered me one bit. I live around some woke folk. I have family members who have been radicalized with wokeism. I'm dealing with a woke church that I have that some family members go to. <clears throat> And uh, God gave me a quote in the back. I told my wife the quote, and I told her to write it down. Did you write it down yet? Okay, write it down now. Go ahead and get your pen and paper. 
and that is, and Ed Young Jr. made me think of it. You got to understand, he was not my favorite kind of pastor for years. See, but you know what that says? People who are born again by the grace of God, they belong to God. And one of the reasons why God does not want us to judge people is because God has a way of fixing people. And before you know it, they'll come around and be a champion for God. You give them time. God God knows how to work you and deal with you and make you rise up to do things you never thought you would do and didn't even want to do. Look at me real good. But God God gave me a quote, and I know it's a quote because he gave it directly to me. But I, 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 the idea came from not the words of Ed Young Jr., but from Ed Young, the person. And it goes something like this. The strongest man is not the man who fights in a war. The strongest man is the man who rises up in spiritual warfare. Because all physical wars come because of some other spiritual uh, warfare. So it is the man who rises to the occasion to fight the war for God in spiritual warfare. He may have a suit on. And that's another thing I must say. Uh, Ed Young, he must have been fasting. Uh, God took him somewhere. God took him somewhere. I can tell you that. I know that. He doesn't even look like the Ed Jr. I used to see. He puts me in the mind of how Moses must have come down from the mountain. He has a a brightness about him, not just because he's white. Uh, The gray hair is white and glistening. He's in the best shape of his life. I, I can tell you that. And he's fired up and ready to go. And he is, he's not playing, but yet he's still that jovial, cheerful man, you know. He is a happy, cheerful warrior. See, what I'm saying is, beloved, it's not the man, the strongest man is not the man who can lift the most weights. And fight in a war. It is the man who. With God's strength. Rises up. 
and takes on the monster Satan and what he believes is his master stroke and confronts something that is so huge like the blob it's all over the place and he points that out too it's all over the place stands flat-footed by the grace of God and confronts this monster where he, where he admits he had to dig deep see that's you see you see most of us is, we don't want to dig like we don't want to that's the hard part we don't want to dig that we don't want to dig like that it's too much and it's, it's, it's so broad and hitting so many areas at the same time. This is why I say I know my, my charismatic preachers don't want me to say it. They think I'm cursing. I, I say it anyway. And that is... Uh, I give credit where credit is due. The devil and his cohorts, because it, it took some men and women who put this together with the devil. This has been thought about, and and uh, as I have said, and as Ed Young Jr. has said, this is a satanic strategy. They thought up all of the opposition to it. And they came up with answers before they unfolded the strategy. So much so, as I told you the other day, even the elect, so-called saved people, have been deceived by it. That's why we got we have so so-called woke pastors and woke churches. And I don't know I don't know his name. I, I you know, he's another pastor that I uh you know, other people thought he was something. I never thought too much of him. I think his last name is Mason. And if he has anything to do with promoting this monster of wokeism, he needs to apologize to the church if he's a saved man. And he's a friend of Dr. Tony Evans, a man that God has touched his heart stand with me and my family for years now to this day uh, and that's because God touched his heart to do so he doesn't know me doesn't know my family but he's a he's a you know um, Dr. Dr. Tony Evans is considered a mentor of this preacher but if this preacher did that, because he put out a book, you say, did you read it? No. You know why I didn't read it? Because if he's a protege of Dr. Tony Evans, I'm thinking he's all right. Hello. 
Hello lights. See, see, and that that's and evidently that's a mistake that I have made. Cause I know Dr. Tony Evans is not with that. And he he's not with what the outcome is of that. But sometimes people who mean well and uh, who have received a good quality education from Dallas Theological Seminary, like another woke pastor, Andy Stanley, who I've been rebuking uh, for years now. I may have to jump on Mason if that book promotes what we, uh, you know, are dealing with here today, or and he's a you know he's he's one of the Southern Baptist Bible boys you know, and you can you can be so smart and so educated that you become dumb. And there's another man who is a mentor of Dr. Tony Evans. This is why I say, you know. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans, I'm not the type of guy that Dr. Tony Evans would like. You know, uh, we wouldn't, um, he knows it, I know it. I mean, we're totally different because I wouldn't, I wouldn't run with these guys, these two guys. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't, I'm not like them. One of the reasons why that uh, Dr. Tony Evans would not care to be uh, go to dinner with me or lunch with me or whatever and I I would not want to go to lunch with him because we're so different different in our calling however he has been humble enough and wise enough to recognize the difference and he has loved me as a in my family as a pastor would and it takes a lot of humility and meekness to do that without having to know me God told him to do that because he has a little profit in him too. He has some profit in him, some past in him, and some evangelists. He's a triple threat. And he can deal with all of us. So I hope that Mason did not do anything like that. I, uh, but I know he wrote a book on wokeism in the church or something like that. I'm going to see it. And see, this is what I don't want to have to deal with. This is what Dr. Ed... Young Junior really didn't want to have to dig down and deal with this because he knew it was going to be controversial for uh, on his side. On my side, is 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 I'm not even wired to dig it to read highfalutin things like that. I'm right. I, I'm wired to read the Bible and preach the Bible. And that's it. I may look at something to get a better understanding of from a commentary or something like that, and then I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to roll with it. But I do not want to read Mason's entire book about wokeism. But if he introduced that into the church and okayed it, he's going to have to apologize if he's a saved, born-again man. And, I, I, and, and, and Dr. Tony Evans would say it lovingly.
and kindly. But but after getting a better understanding of it, he would he would not he cut fellowship. He's not going to cut fellowship with him, but he's going to say, "Now, brother, I can't I can't roll with that." And you know, and you might want to back up on that and write another book that refutes this foolishness that has been unleashed into the church, into families. Because I'm dealing, cause, you see. Dr. Tony Evans would say, now, I'm dealing with parents who are losing their children through wokeism. Using the tenets and the principles of wokeism. That is to uh, dishonor and disrespect your parents. That goes against the word of God. Because it's all about ripping down and destroying authority. See? See, this is why we got people walking around spraying perfectly beautiful buildings in yellow paint because they, they, they are tearing down in your face <clears throat> the authority uh, that you represent. You have children in the church who are being taught through wokeism to curse their parents to disrespect their parents and uh, and as Dr. Uh, Ed Young Jr. has stated there's no forgiveness in wokeism we are superior to you and whatever you did that smacked of of uh, any kind of oppression, be it racism, being uh, <clears throat> uh, against homosexuality, and this is a big. This is that's the that's the the main one that they see is wrapped around homosexuality and transgenderism. They use racism as a Trojan horse, as I've already taught you and told you, see. Because they know you'll go for that. Then they come right back out of the Trojan horse and say, see, I, I was your daughter. That's another thing, Mason, I'm having to deal with in my church. I got grandparents and parents. Look at me. Look at me. I have grandparents and parents who's hearts almost not only did they almost have a heart attack their hearts almost came out of their bodies when their grandchild who was a boy and is a boy comes home from public school saying he's a girl your wokeism has run amok and maybe you were bamboozled you've been took you've been had and Dr. Tony Evans can't roll with that this is ungodly this is wicked <clears throat> now he's going to do it privately respectfully lovingly but now if you persist you won't be hearing too much from him because he, don't, he doesn't know that way because of the Bible in him and the God in him. 
he's he does I mean he does he wants to be loved too he he does not want to be hated by people that he has helped get to where they are you you, you don't understand because of me you have a book deal because of me uh, uh, you were able to write that damnable book if it's damnable I don't know I haven't read it But if he gave the church permission to hook up with wokeism as he as we know it today, you were deceived. Hopefully you are saved, but you were deceived and you have messed up and you, you got to fix this. Not for me, because I don't believe the foolishness. But for my church members, my grandmothers who have not been to Dallas Theological Seminary, man... Okay, my, my grandmothers, my, my mothers and my fathers, man, trying to deal with. And here you got me, a, a child that I Christian in my church as a boy. I got to call him uh, now uh, Susan. Oh, I'm going to be sued. The church is going to be sued. The parents are going to hate me. Because I didn't see this coming. And I trusted you that you were going to write about the Bible and not this book. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tony, he would never fix his mouth to say what I was getting ready to say. <laughs> Woo! Let me move on. God bless you. Mm. Let me just end by saying this. You have pastors today too afraid to preach against this demonic monster, this satanic monster, this blob, glob, whatever it is. But they uh, are not afraid to, or they should be afraid to, deal with the fact that they got children in their churches who have cut off their breasts, women. Girls have cut off their breasts and boys who have had their penises cut off. And they have a drag queen as a teacher and as a library book reader. Something is wrong somewhere. Pardon me. And unfortunately, 
And unfortunately, I believe that I'm going to have to deal with a church because it was pastored by a man who was mentored and is a protege of Dr. Tony Evans as well. And I don't think, Dr. If, if, if he's woke, and if his wife is woke, uh, who uh, may have a revelation Jezebel who calleth herself a prophetess spirit, uh, I may have to come down on them. Because my children thought it was okay to go to their church. And uh, uh, and and they felt the same way I did that it was a Bible believing uh, church. Check the check the internet over here. Okay, hold on a second. Pardon me. Check the internet. Everything all right? Hmm? Which one is it? Yeah, but which one is it? Okay. Okay. What you need to do is, uh, that's good. And so, uh, uh, according to my oldest daughter, Danny, she's really not that with them anymore. She's probably seen through their foolishness uh, herself. I do know she told me that they allowed homosexuals into the church as members and just accept them like everybody else. Now I'm all for homosexuals going to church but you can't be a member of the church nor can an adulteress or an adulterer nor can a fornicator. If you're living in fornication you're shacking up you're living in adultery you cannot be accepted into the church. You're living in homosexuality, so-called homosexual marriage. That is an abomination on top of a sin. You can't be accepted as a member of the church, but you can come to church. Because, see, uh, members have their privileges. 
Okay, this this and this quickly becomes a legal matter. So, because all the judge is going to say, well, were they members? I mean, are they members? Are they, are they recorded as members in your books? Well, yes, but uh, but what? Members have their privileges. And so if they want to teach the children in Sunday school and you're passing them up because they're homosexual and married to a homosexual, then you're discriminating. And they're going to sue you for $1.5 million. If you try to stop them from doing that and kick them out of the church. And then once they win that case, they're going to come back dressed up as uh, Bonnie or uh, some kind of drag queen outfit on Sunday morning. You're right there in front of you and your children, everybody else. And and, and past, if you let them stay and you don't have some muscle men to drag them out, you're going to lose the people you've got because they're going to see you as a person who's not a man of God. Now, I, I, I can't even think of the, uh, the pastor's name right now. I don't even, uh, I can't even remember his name. Because he's another pastor I've never really personally, you know, seen as a you know, great pastor uh, myself. Just like I never saw um, Ed Young Jr. as a great pastor for many years. I, I, he was not my cup of tea. He's my cup of tea now because God has done something. And this is this is why I want to say this again. This is why it's so important that you let God you give you give God time to do what he's going to do with his people. That includes your children, parents. Uh because God has a way. Cuz God can fix them better than you can. Okay, so I do know the name of the church, one church in Plano, Texas. Uh, something is not right. Uh, uh, my once cheerful and joyful uh, soul-winning daughters, uh, when I let them go up there, uh, they're not that cheerful and joyful as uh, regard as they used to be regarding this church. And my daughter Danny told me that the other children, uh, my other children, who are uh, going on and up and outwards and going on, growing up and out, and my daughter Danny and then my daughter Danita are willing to help them which I am thankful for. And because uh, I asked, I said, well, would they have to go living in your house? Would they have to go to one church with you? She said, I, 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 I'm really not going myself that much. And, and she said, no, they, nobody has to go to that church. They, they, they don't want to go. And it's sad that I have to even bring that up with her. Because I thought it was a Bible-believing 
uh, church that glorified God. And would not do anything like that. But evidently it's a woke, a woke pastor, a woke pastor's wife, and a woke church. And it just so happens, and, and I know how meek and generous Dr. Tony Evans is. I'm sure he helped them. He probably gave him members as well, gave him members and everything. And it looked like, it, at one time, it looked like it was a, being a success. But that kind of foolishness will kill a church eventually. And from what I understand, they're losing members because of some of the foolishness. Uh, and so, um, those who know better, Andy Stanley graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary too. And he needs to apologize to God, Jesus, and the church. He's woke. Beyond woke. <clears throat> See, sometimes people can get so educated and so smart and so proud and so arrogant. They, they don't want to stick with the old-time ways. They don't want to stick with the old landmarks. They don't want to stick with the plain preaching and teaching of the Holy Word of God. Dr. Tony Evans does. Why not them? Maybe it's a matter of age. 10, 15, 20 years younger. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I do know, and I talked about this for many years, there are people in the church there are people in the church pastors so-called theologians they get so proud and so arrogant with the knowledge and they get puffed up as Paul talked about that they 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 want to innovate and the church is not where you innovate at. Innovation has hurt the church. The new methods have hurt the church. So much so now we have 70 to 80 percent of the people in the church are lost. Evidently, 60 to 70 percent of the seminarians are lost. They don't even believe the gospel anymore. They don't believe the Bible anymore. Don't believe that there's a hell anymore. Don't believe that there's a heaven anymore. Why, why are you preaching? You devil, why are you preaching? Housing allowance? Car allowance? Money? Huh? Prestige? Get out of the ministry. You devil. See... And uh, you must understand when I when I when I there's a point there was a time when when I heard that you graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary you was all right or Southwestern or Southern I thought you were good to go. But now we can we can have people who have doctorates and be dumb as a donnell and don't know anything and, and, and bamboozled, fooled, 
took and had and blind leaders of the blind and that's why we're in the mess we're in Dr. Ed Young Jr. is, is about is, is dealing with that and has dealt with that well how did we get here how did we get here Blind leaders of the blind. You say, well, preacher, why didn't Dr. Tony Evans stop these people? That's not, that's not his nature. That, I mean, that's not him. He's a meek man. He loves people very much. God made him to be very generous to try to help people. And he's not a person who's going to turn against you. He's a godly pastor. And it's not going to be overt. If it's going to be a turning against you, it's going to be silent walk away. <laughs> That's all. You, you just, he's, you're not going to be in fellowship with him much. And you will know that you offended him. But and it's not going to, he's, not going to, he's not going to rebuke you publicly. He's not going to do that. But I tell you one thing, he knows that some bad things have happened for us to be in the mess that we're in today. I have to bring him up and into this. He's not going to put himself in it. Why? Because he does have pastor in him. And we have got to have some pastors like him Ed Young Jr., we have to have some loving pastors that people know, the people know, the sheep know that uh, uh, they, these pastors love them. It's hard to take it from a man like me, wired the way that I'm wired, who ob obviously it doesn't matter to me whether you like it or not. That's just the way God will wire a prophet, evangelist kind of guy. I am not moved by your being offended. That means nothing to me. But to a godly loving pastor, it does mean something to him. He wants to be loved by you. He wants to love you. And he wants, you to, he wants to stay in fellowship with you. But as soon as, like David said, I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. See? He doesn't want to go into his old age with people hating him. Dr. Ed Young, Ed Young Jr. said the same thing. I told Dr. T.D. Jakes, you need to watch these friends you have, like Oprah and... and and Tyler Perry, you know, dropping a million dollars into the offering plate and all that. Watch that. Because you want to be loved and accepted by these giants. You'll compromise the word of God. I told him that as a pastor. I mean, and Dr. Ed Young said, all pastors are that way. All pastors. Joel Osteen is that way. Is this your nature? He said, all pastors are that way. We're insecure. We're insecure. We want to be loved. We want to be validated. We want to be put a pat on the back. 
And Dr. Tony Evans, he's tougher than the than most, but he has that in him too. He has that thing in him, that pastor thing. See, if he didn't have it, <laughs> see, he doesn't even know. He didn't. He did. He doesn't even know. He didn't even know. He know probably. He knows a little bit now. But he took it upon himself. God put it in his heart. Support this prophet, this preacher, this evangelist. I know you may not like him, and I know your wife may not like him. But she she signed the checks. I'm going to tell you somebody else who did it. Uh, Dr. Dwight McKissick. He used to support me, but he evidently became woke a little bit, and he he doesn't support me anymore. That's all right. I still love him. And 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 I and and I'm um, I'm sure that his wife can't stand hate my guts, but that's all right. But he's not going to allow her to hurt me. But they have supported me in the thousands of dollars on their own. He and Dr. Dwight McKissick knows I'm not going to go with white, uh, 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 women being pastors of, of churches over men. Period. So he doesn't even bother with me. <laughs> he doesn't even bother with me anymore. He still loves me, but. I'm I'm cool with him speaking in tongues. That I, that's I don't have a problem with that, but I can't roll with the, the, the women pastoring men and being over men and speaking to men. Uh, we don't need that in the church. And 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 and, and uh, he 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 he's not woke, but he he's he's uh, got a little woke in him. And he he knows I don't, so I, he's 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 you know we're not. Uh, as close as we used to be, but I thank God for His support and help, and 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 I still think He's one of the best preachers in the country, best writers in the country. I thank God for all of these men, but we we need pastors, pastors who love the people and who are loved by the people to lovingly teach them and 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 dr uh, ed young jr I, I i i i my hat is off to him and how he he went ahead and did it and and, and if you if you watch the videos you can look at his face and he's watching that crowd he's watching the crowd he's got some men out there saying amen amen he probably told him to say it i don't know but he's watching, he's looking at the crowd, looking at the crowd. How y'all getting this? How y'all taking this right here? I thank God for him. And I'm okay with all of you pastors contacting him and getting his notes. He should, he should put it in a book and, uh, and everybody get the sermons. All you preachers get the sermon who are afraid to preach on it and preach on it. And if you lose members... So be it, because you're going to lose some members because some of your members work at the school. And they don't want to lose their job. They have to work, work with these woke devils, I mean people. Who have pink hair and blue hair and yellow hair and looking like a clown. See, see, 
They're not going to say that. I'm going to say it. That's ridiculous, man. You got your little children under men dressed like women looking like monsters. You talk about Halloween. That's Halloween every day. At the school teaching your children. And, they, and nobody can do anything about it. Parents can't do anything about it. And the answer is not politics. The answer is what Dr. Tony Evans has said all along. See. The answer. Is in the pulpit. And here's one man who is a pastor. Everybody knows him to be a loving, fun-loving person. That's why they're giving him a hearing. They may not give me a hearing. This is only a few people going to listen to me, but that's fine. As long as I got some pastors out there doing what they need to be doing, I'm cool. With I'm going to promote you. I'm going to call you a prophet. Yes, sir. Go ahead on with it. It don't matter to me who gets the credit. I just This needs to be done. Uh, uh, this needs to be done and God has put it on your heart to do it and I'm behind you 100% and I'm going to use some of the stuff you dug down and got uh, yes I will I'm going to put you on my publications I got you all over I got you all over the world and uh, what is it? over a thousand publications right now today and on the main publication, BCNN1, Black Christian News, got you on there, white man. Yes, sir. I don't care. I don't care if you're black or white, red or yellow. I'm like Michael Jackson on that. It makes no difference to me whether you're black or white. As long as you're talking right and you're getting the job done, glory be to God. It makes no difference to me. And I'm hoping that you will inspire thousands of other pastors to rise up for such a time as this. That's what I want to see. I'm crying out in the wilderness. I need some loving pastors who got people who love them to hear from them. And we might come out of this thing. My beloved. Let me move on. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead. Service family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International. We now are able to call it GLS International. With the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 665 where I simply read in your hearing the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order 
this unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today, my beloved, we are reading Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 11 through 20. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. Tonight, Holy Father God, on the 1st of November, as you know, Lord, this is a month that my family has loved for many years now. And uh, our family has written many books on Thanksgiving and have done many things to show our thankfulness to you, our gratefulness to you. And so the Lord, so Lord, you put in my heart today uh, to say some things that I think God uh, for to my children each and every day this month. And so, Lord, they received a text, several texts for me today. But one text said, I thank God you were born. And, Lord, if that would inspire some other parents to do the same, no matter what the situation is, tell that child in this month of November or those children I thank God you were born. And uh, <clears throat> and give God the glory each and every day for something that he has done for you and your family. All the way not only to Thanksgiving but past Thanksgiving to the end of the month. Help people to do that today. Help people to do that this month. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us all. down through the years. 
For Jesus Christ's sake, Lord, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures. As we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh, and the old man within us, even tonight. Fill us, Lord, with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Put a guard in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you. Deliver us tonight who are saved in my family, in this audience, and in this world. Deliver us tonight from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us, Lord, your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved, in my family and beyond, in this audience and beyond, help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our wicked sins. and to get back to you our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would indeed save the souls of those who are lost in my family. I would love to see all of my family members in heaven one day. Uh, that includes my wife, who I do not believe is saved. Uh, I pray that you'll open her blinded eyes and stop her deaf ears and save her soul and change her life. I pray for the salvation, Lord, of her mother, of her aunts, her siblings. And I pray for the salvation of my mother and my sisters and all of the family members that they will not depend upon their membership at the Mount Shiloh Baptist Church that they will not depend upon their membership at the Love Center Church that they will uh, understand that they must be born again through believing in you and you alone not their many years of attending church and working in the church and Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ also tonight on this first day of November coming off of a uh, difficult uh, Halloween, Holy Ween, uh, meaning that the devil attacked us hard leading up to that time preaching every day sometimes twice a day as I did last night which he always does and 
trying to stop us from passing out gospel tracts, which he always does. But thank you, Lord, for giving us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I pray that you'll give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil tonight. I pray for the salvation of the lost in, of the people in this audience across the country and around the globe. I pray for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving in the morning. And even though, Lord, I thank you for giving me the grace to uh, receive, uh, to, to have pleasure in my trials and tribulations, troubles and persecutions and attacks and uh, tensions and tests and distresses and afflictions. I do pray still in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ all that you can lift off of my uh, back, off of my shoulders. Uh, I pray that you would. If it's not uh, designed by you to keep me humble, Lord, I pray that you deliver me and all of my family. Lord, with humility and with lessons learned, from all distresses and all afflictions and all uh, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray also that you deliver us who are saved in my family and beyond from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles and difficulties that we're facing. Thank you, Lord, for leading me to pray regarding student loan debt for years. And I thank you that, Lord, uh, my children can... Uh, take advantage of that considering the coronavirus plague. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would, and I thank you, Lord, for remembering mercy and grace uh, in the midst of chastisement and rebuke and punishment upon us in the church and punishment even in the world. Thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are. And Holy Father God, I pray tonight that you will bless and protect our family. And I pray especially for my children, uh, Danny, Daniel, Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, and Danielle, Duran, Danielle, and Quasia, all of my offspring. And Lord, I pray that you will do the same for all of the people 
represented tonight, the families represented tonight from the people who are here, and uh, Christian families across the country and around the globe. I do pray <clears throat> that you will protect us all from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels. Cover us and cleanse us with the precious blood of Christ throughout this night once again. Surround our houses with that same protection. Help us to do all that we do for your glory, praise, and honor for the lifting up of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verses 11 through 20. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he hath much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. 
Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh unto the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion, and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. Ladies and gentlemen, that's very powerful. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your deep and powerful word. I give you the glory, praise, and honor for it. Help us all to love it, to cherish it, to obey it, and to live by it, and to apply it to our lives and to teach it to others in a discipleship way and to uh, preach it to others and to preach your holy gospel. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the Scripture and the Sense podcast. Episode number 1017, where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source, such as the Bible knowledge commentary and or the Matthew Henry commentary. This podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast, my dear friends, is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, the understanding of it, uh, the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, and also by his leading people to believe in his son Jesus Christ who said 
the most important words in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. <clears throat> now, dear friends, that's good news. And here is why it is good news. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sinning against God means that you're in trouble. You're in trouble of having broken fellowship with God because God hates sin. He loves sinners, but he hates sin. And uh, you're in danger of being separated from God forever. Why? Because it is appointed unto men once to die. My dear friends, something that so many people overlook is the fact that you're going to die. You may die tonight, you may die tomorrow morning, but one thing is for sure, you're going to die. And you need to take that seriously. You need to understand why you're going to die. You don't die because of cancer. You don't die because of a car accident. You don't die because of the coronavirus plague. My friend, you die because you are a sinner by nature and by choice. And if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, before you die, you will experience eternal death in that awful place called hell. And what God wants you to understand, because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, it is appointed on the men once to die, but after this, the judgment. God wants you to understand that you must take his word seriously. We play. God does not play. We joke around. God does not joke around. In fact, he commanded his Christians not to jest. We play and joke around because we have foolishness in us, sin in us, rebelliousness in us, disobedience in us, in our sinful nature. Maybe it's a coping mechanism because we're such wretched, depraved sinners. I don't know. But God does not play. God does not joke around. God is not kidding. And, and, and God sent me by to tell you that. That you're going to die. You know that you're going to die. You have family members and friends who, are, who, who have died. You hear about people dying all of the time. And so what God wants you to understand that if God will allow you to die from this beautiful place called earth that he has provided for us, because of your sin, you must understand that if you reject his son, Jesus Christ, if you do not believe 
in your heart that Jesus Christ died to pay your sin debt, if you do not believe that Jesus Christ shed his blood, suffered, bled and died on the cross for your sins as the Lamb of God to take away all of your sins, he was buried and rose on the third day. And if you don't call upon him and pray and ask him to save you, believing in him, then my friend, you're going to die and you're going straight to hell immediately. I preached on hell last night thoroughly. I still have two or three more points. I have to take a little break every now and then because I'm getting old. But hell is a real place because Jesus Christ said so. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven. And he made it clear that you will uh, go to hell where the fire is not quenched. So you need to believe in him before you leave this earth. And since you don't know when you're going to leave this earth, you need to believe in him now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So if you're willing to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and pray and call on his name, as the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to heaven. That's what we're talking about. I cannot tell you how your life is going to go once you get saved. But it will be better. And God will give you the grace to go through difficult times. But uh, my main concern is that you get saved from hell. So tonight, dear friend, I will be glad to lead you in the sinner's prayer as someone led me. Repeat after me phrase by phrase as you believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can save you. The church cannot save you. Church attendance cannot save you. Doing good works cannot save you. Paying a lot of money to the church can't save you. Only believing in Jesus Christ. Praying and calling on his name and asking him to save you can get you saved from hell. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have failed you. I admit that I have done some evil things in your sight repeatedly for Jesus Christ's sake please have mercy and grace upon my soul please forgive me of all of my sins as I now believe with all of my heart 
in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and help me to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat> now, dear friend, if you believed in your heart in Jesus Christ who died for the sins of the world, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God, and you called on his name and asked him to save you, according to the words of God, According to the words of Jesus Christ, you are now saved. May I say to you, congratulations for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, to grow in the faith, we have a free book that's based upon the Bible that you can download within a few seconds and start reading right where you are you if you're in Russia if you're in the Ukraine if you're in Poland <clears throat> if you're in South Korea if you're in the Philippines wherever you are you can read this book within seconds the name of the book is what to do after you have entered through the door Jesus Christ said I am the door and by your believing in him, you just entered in to salvation through that door. The only door to heaven, Jesus Christ. And so uh, I have given you some key points that you need to understand to help you to grow in the faith and become the strong Christian that God wants you to be. So uh, read that book. It is free of charge. You will never have to pay a dime for it. Also, you can email us at the email on your platform. We're on multiple platforms live around the world. And uh, you, can, you can email us there. Or you can email us through my personal email, dw3 at Society. Dot com. And let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you and send you even more materials. And also type into Google Gospel Light Podcast. We have thousands of podcasts that we have done on uh, multiple subjects, nearly 50 different subjects. Uh, that you can listen to and grow thereby. <clears throat> uh, 
and, uh, and that's a great resource for you. And it will be a blessing to you. Uh, you can type in my name, Daniel White III Podcast. Go to the Gospel Light Society site, podcast rather, populate it there. Uh, Daniel White 3 sitecom Daniel White 3 site, they're there. Uh, Gospelite House of Prayer. Uh, you will find them there as well. And so, um, just sit back and listen and learn. And you will receive a Bible college seminary level education because I'm, I'm using the same books that I studied in college and in seminary. Okay? Same books. I'm just in fact I'm giving I'm giving you more than what I got uh, in college. Because I'm giving you because I, I believe in the power of the textbook. You can get a great education from the textbook and not just the notes of the teacher. Anyway at this point and at this time, we're going to resume our standing between the living and the dead service already in progress. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Today we are reading Matthew chapter 2 verses 13 through 15. <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And may I say here that if God impresses your spirit to move and go somewhere, may I humbly suggest you do that. There's a reason why God is telling you to do that. 
yes, God speaks to people, and God will tell you, in the words of Daniel White Jr., my Bishop Daniel White Jr., my dad, get your hat, get your grip. It's time to go. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Dear friends, I just read in your hearing Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Now here is the sense of it, the understanding of it, with the help of the Holy Ghost and the BKC, the Bible Knowledge Commentary, edited by Dr. Walvert and Dr. Zuck. After the visit of the Magi, Joseph was warned by an angel of the Lord to take Mary and Jesus and to flee to Egypt. This warning was given in a dream. The reason was Herod would be searching for the child to kill the child. Under cover of darkness, Joseph obeyed and his father or rather, and his family left Bethlehem and uh, journeyed into Egypt. Why Egypt? The Messiah was sent to and returned from Egypt so that the prophet's words out of Egypt I called my son might be fulfilled. This is a reference to Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, which does not seem to be a prophecy in the sense of a prediction. Hosea was writing of God's calling Israel out of Egypt into the Exodus. Matthew, however, gave new understanding to these words. Boom, there you go. Matthew viewed this experience as Messiah being identified with the nation. There were similarities between the nation and the son. Israel was God's chosen son by adoption, and Jesus is the Messiah, God's son. In both cases, the descent into Egypt was to escape danger and the return was important to the nation's providential history. While Hosea's statement was a historical reference to Israel's deliverance, Matthew related it more fully to the call of the son, the Messiah, from Egypt. In that sense, as Matthew heightened Hosea's words to a more significant event, Everything about Jesus is more significant. The Messiah's return from Egypt, they were fulfilled. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for how you have given your people wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. 
to grasp your holy word, to comprehend your holy word, to understand your holy word. And Lord, we pray that you'll give us all of your help and strength and might, the power of your Holy Spirit to live out your holy words and your holy, to obey your holy word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we return as always to the family segment and to what I have called the family verses. And some people have never thought that this passage is connected to the family verses. Why not? It is adjacent to the family verses proper. And they are crucial for you to understand. And I am reminded of the quote that God gave me today while I was in the back with my wife. And I thought about Dr. Ed Young, Jr. That's a beautiful thing to have a son in the ministry with you at a different location at the same time. And then God raises up your son who probably did not add up to you much, Mr. Uh, Pastor Ed Young Sr., but now he's up there with you now. He's, <laughs> he's up there with you now, Doc. Yes, sir, he's big time. He's doing God's work right now. He's not just he's not having fun right now. He's he's doing God's work. This is serious business, but he's doing. And you ought to thank God, Ed Young Sr., for raising a son to not only be a pastor but a prophet and uh man enough and strong enough to fight a spiritual warfare. And to be one of the few to do so and to you talk about David uh, and Goliath wokeism is a Goliath Dr. Ed Young Jr. is a David that's a fact so anyway this is where spiritual warfare is. This is what we've always thought this passage was about, and it is. But you will find that your spiritual warfare will largely be in your family. And if you don't win there, you're not going to win anywhere. Sir, ma'am. Mm -mm. See, that, that's, what's, that, that's what's wrong with the church today. See... We, we have so many people who foolishly thought, especially pastors and pastors' wives, that they can have hellacious homes. Hell in the home. The Adams family at home, and they can fake it for an hour as the Brady Bunch at church. And God is not going to be a part of that. God's not going to be a part of that. And see, you were a part of that. You didn't have a problem being a hypocrite, a phony, and a fake. But God has a problem with all of that. No, no. You're not going to shine in church and, and be the darkness and the devil and the dark shadows of hell at home. 
and speaking to the wife, Dr. Charles Spurgeon said uh, to the wives of the church, uh, there are some women who are angels at the church, decent ladies in the street, but devils at home. And that is so true. Solomon said the same thing, similar. And, uh, and, men, and, and, and men are notorious and known to be devils. Okay, so, and, and, and just like there are not any virtuous women today, there are not any faithful men either. And if you think you're faithful, you're the worst one. You're the most unfaithful. And you're a liar too. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. This is about spiritual warfare. But this is connected to the family. Your greatest battles will be fought right in the home. See. If you don't succeed there. You won't succeed anywhere. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How strong are you, brother? Hmm? Sister, you're so strong. How strong are you? Because see, this is, this is going to take a real man and a real woman right here. Not MMA, wrestling and boxing and killing each other like that, fighting in a war. That, that's, I, my hat is off to all of these, these uh, high testosterone men who who gifted by God to be police officers and fight wars. I mean, there are people who are volunteering and hardly getting paid to go fight for Ukraine. It's in them to do that. One young man died recently. They see injustice in the world and they go to the fight. But there's a man stronger than they are, the, spirit, the, the spiritual man, who has to fight that spiritual warfare at the house, has to fight off that devil from his wife and from his children. Got to fight devils in the family. Now, you, 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 you real strong now. That's the real battle right there, see? Because if you lose the spiritual battle, the physical war is coming. If you know what I mean. Put on the whole armor of God. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Pardon me. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the physical thing. See, this is why your marriages broke up. This is why Tom Brady's marriages broke up. They don't know it. They're not saved, born again. I believe Tom Brady is a half a Catholic. He doesn't mention God as he should. Steph Curry needs to go visit them and, and lead the goat, one goat to another, lead the goat to Jesus. And he'll be ready now. See? 
and his wife needs to witness to Giselle. She may not be that open. Uh, but that's why your family is broken up. That's why you're divorced. You know why? Because you didn't take heed to this passage right here. And you're wrestling against flesh and blood. You're going to lose. You're going to lose every time when you're wrestling against flesh and blood. Never let, any, if you're saved, never let anybody put you in a flesh and blood situation. I don't care if it's with the police. I don't care if it's with your a spouse, I don't care if it's with a neighbor, do not allow yourself to get yourself into a flesh and blood situation with some devilish person because you're going to end up dead or maimed or they're going to end up dead or maimed. You got to have the ability to, by the grace of God and the strength, to walk away from it and let it go. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Oh, let it be. You whisper words of wisdom. Let it be. That takes strength. Don't don't get into a flesh and blood battle now. That's what the devil wants you to do. That's why many people are dead. Because they got into a flesh and blood. Sometimes you better let it be and let it go. They may think they won, but you won. Okay, let them have it. That's why many people uh, have died in road rage recently. You people who always... You people who always... Feel like you got to prove your point. That's what's wrong with your marriage. You got to say something back. You got to run off at the mouth. You've got to prove your point. Huh? You don't have to. The old preachers used to say Jesus Christ didn't say a mumbling word. Why you always got to say something back to prove something? Hmm? Why you always got to say something back? You, you're, pr you're proud. You're stubborn. You're rebellious. You're disobedient. You're probably not saved. I, I, I can assure you that. See, saved people will learn how to be quiet. Saved people will not allow you to get you into the flesh and blood mode. And some of you have come from hellacious families. That's all you do is fight, see, and fuss. Because you got to prove your point. You got to prove that you're right. You always got to come back. You can't just leave it be. You can't do it because you're not saved. You're not born again. And so you, you always want to uh, push it and push it and push it.
You know what I've told my wife, Marika White? She's here right here tonight. I've told her this many times. It's sort of like what my dad used to say, but he didn't back it up. He would holler from the back. My mother would be out there running off at the mouth. And he would say, Shirley, Shirley, don't let your mouth get you behind in trouble. Or something, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, and I think he said one time, don't let your mouth write a check. You're behind, can't pay, or something like that. But I've told my wife many times, you 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 do a whole lot better by just say yes, sir, no, sir. Don't say anything else, because it's not going to help you. Not going to doesn't mean anything to me. Once I tell you to do something or not to do something or whatever the case might be, I'm done. Just go ahead and say yes, sir. And go go your way. See, don't I we I don't need to see the blowing and the rolling of the eyes and but but I don't want to I don't want to hear that. See, because uh, you say, well, preacher, have you and your wife ever had an argument? Never. There should not be any arguments in marriage. Period. How can how can you have arguments and you're supposed to be the head of the household and she's supposed to submit. There's no arguments. Uh, I've already said to you what I want you to do and I want that done. That's it. This is my castle and I'm the king in it. See, some of you men, you, you're so far away, you're so far removed from that you don't even know what I'm talking about. I understand my authority. And yet, I love my wife, but I, I love God more, and I understand the authority he gave me, and we're not going to have that. Oh, but in, among our sweet evangelicals, it's, and it's, it's quite so disgusting with me, so disgusting with me. People are so blind in the church today. Among my sweet evangelicals, even the charismatics don't even write no stupid books like this. They have books that they have written. How to fight fair. Husband and wife sitting on the couch. He's looking defeated and she's looking victorious. There's been several books like that. That pastors have introduced married couples to how to fight fair. There's no fighting at all in the Christian marriage man, pastor. We fight like this. And then they sit around the campfire at a retreat, which is the last thing on earth the church ought to be doing is retreating. That's my, th these are my sweet evangelicals who do this. They have introduced this stuff to the church. He retreats. And I love them. I love, I love these people. I mean, you know, I, I may not be one of them that way. Because the last thing on earth we need to do is retreat. But they have marriage retreats. And they get together and they talk about how I defeated my husband this way. And uh, how I control him by withholding vagina from him and so forth. I know how to control him now, honey. And then you laugh around the campfire uh, eating marshmallows. <laughs> and you just got more strength to go back and be a witch at the house. Well, you go, yeah, and you go. They sit. The pastor and the wife sit there. Let's go to this book, How to Fight Fair. You got to be kidding me! I'm so glad God led me away 
never let me to hook up with people like that. That is so stupid. I've never had an argument with my wife. I'm, I'm not with. And in fact, I've told my wife sometimes uh, uh, down through the years, uh, we're not having a conversation. In fact, I told her that the other day. This is not a conversation. I have said what I wanted to say, and that's it. You say, well, what did she do? She shut her mouth. That was it. Over. Oh, yeah, see, see, that's why I hate you. I hate him. I hate him. Why are you listening to me then? You keep listening to me. You hate me so much. You pastor's wife. You don't want the, you don't want your husband to hear me. You turn it off. Don't listen to him because uh, you you uh, you're not him and I'm not her. So don't listen to him because I don't play that. Wrestle not. Do not wrestle, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're dealing with. You know how I can love my devilish wife? And I may write that book, How to Love a Devil, because the devil is behind her. She's not the devil. Jesus had to tell Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. See? So you got to talk to people who are letting the devil use them. And that's how you talk to them. You may have to call them a devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. You're acting like a devil. You're talking like a devil. You're looking like a devil. So, devil, get thee behind me. That means get out of the way. I have never let my wife hinder me in what God has called me to do. Period. I, I can't explain all of that to you. All I know is God put it in my heart like that. See? And, and God put love in my heart for her as well. I thank God she is here. I do. But isn't she a devil? Yes. Uh, but devils sometimes have the best sex as well. Excuse me. So I thank God she's here for that. Whenever I have that desire and that need, she's here for that. And she just has never failed me in that area. And that's important to me. Isn't it's, it's important to me to, to keep it? It's important to me to keep her for that reason. And that that is a, a no doubt a reason why she's still here as well. We we have never been, you know, that uh, romantically in love and all of that. No, no, no. Because uh, I told you, I got married for sex so that I would not sin against God. That's what I did. I wanted sex without feeling guilty and having to confess my sins and all of that. And you no know, broken fellowship with God. I didn't want that. And she has delivered on that, see. And how and, and the way that we uh, have stayed together is because of 
uh, two things. I have never hearkened to the wife, uh, divorce of my wife. And I do have God's love in my heart for her. And it's not my love. It's his love. I know she does not like to hear that. No woman likes to hear that. But that's the, that's the reality. <clears throat> I love the, I have the Eros love for her. But other than that, there's, not, there's only God's love. And this is the love that God is talking about in this passage. Not romantic, Romeo and Juliet, googly-eyed. I don't even know what you're talking about. That is not going to get it. Obviously, because you're divorced and remarried and got your second. I heard about a pastor today. I didn't know he was divorced and remarried. A very, very popular uh, strong pastor, uh, and he's divorced and remarried. I don't know what, what's going on with them. Okay, you get sick and tired of the people, and when you live in the and with flesh and blood, see, you you approach life that way. See, when you have the God kind of love, and you are willing to obey God because you fear God, then no matter what the marriage situation is, it can work. I don't even believe my wife is saved, but it has worked for 34 years. I mean, in, a, in, in, in the sense that we have stayed together. And I thank God for that. And I raised my children by myself. I didn't do the dirty work. She did all of the dirty work. But I had, I'm the one who uh, raised them and taught them and trained them and, and uh, chastised them when I had to. And I'm in, and, and, and uh, yes, I was the disciplinarian. Uh, but they would write me letters and say, thank you, Papa, for chastising us, for whipping us. We know you did it because you love us. And I'm in communication with my children today. Several times a day. And my children helped me, not only in the ministry. My children, they take care of things. I, they know I don't like to take care of, you know, paying bills and stuff like that. They do that online. It's like that. They don't even think about it. It's quick. Which, which it would take me, what, an hour to figure something out and send somebody something. I thank God for that help. I thank God that my children can handle things like that. And I thank God for, uh, for hearing from them. And, and I thank God for the privilege from, for them to hear from me. It's worth it all. Family life is worth it all. It's one of the greatest blessings that you'll ever have in your life. The greatest blessing outside of salvation and serving God. That's a fact. And then when you have a family who serves God with you. And by the way, let me say this to some of you ladies who are so concerned about my wife. She's better than all of you all, you devils, trying to uh, keep people from listening to me. She's more obedient than you all are. I wouldn't, uh, no, I wouldn't put it with your, your mess at all, girl. Uh, some of you, you pastors put up with this mess with these women. I, don't put up with, I wouldn't put up with it for a minute. Uh, 
She's more loyal and more obedient than you. That's one of the reasons why she's here too. So you don't need to worry about her. You need to worry about yourself. And by the way, when I preach this stuff, I'm preaching to you. She already knows it. God has given me the grace and the liberty to, ha to be transparent about this stuff because you will recognize yourself and find out you need to change. It may not be your husband that needs to change. You need to change. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Notice all those stands there. We don't have too many husbands and wives standing today, do we? Listen, if Tom and Giselle can't stand, you're in trouble. They got the money, they got the talent, they got the good looks, they have it all. Getting ready to build a, a mansion like a block long, wide, and no doubt can pay for it cash on the beach. If they can't make it, you're in trouble. And if you don't have God and God's word and prayer and reading and obeying God, it's going to come down. It's going to fall. It's going to fail. Especially if you don't obey the word. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. And having on, that's another thing that has kept our marriage together. It's, uh, you know, I don't see how, why, I don't see how it, it, uh, we would have made it without the word. The truth of the word. And uh, I have prayed with my wife and read the Bible with my wife every morning, every day. For 34 years. Sir, are you doing that? And if you're not doing that, you're asking for trouble. I pray with my wife. You don't have to be a preacher to pray with your wife and read the Bible. And we have read this passage, Ephesians 5 and 6, thousands of times because we did it every day. It's kind of hard to mess your marriage up when you, you're reading the, God's rules on marriage every day. God led me to do that right from, from the jump, jump street. In the words of my dad and mom, from the get-go. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And I think we'll stop there tonight. Let's pray for others. Let's pray for other families. Let's pray for other Christians. Let's pray for other sinners who are lost. Holy Father God in heaven, I pray tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do praise you and I 
thank you for your holy word. Lord, help all married couples to take heed to it. And Lord, help them to realize that the fleshly love that they're talking about in the songs really don't have anything to do with it. It's all about your love. There's no real love in this world without your love. I know we proud human beings think that we can truly love somebody. We can't. We can barely love ourselves. And so, Holy Father God, fill us, those of us who are saved, with your love for our family members, especially our spouses. And Lord, I pray for the healing of all marriages that name the name of Christ. Pray for the salvation of all marriages that don't have Christ. And uh, I pray for families in the same way. I also pray, Lord, that you will have mercy and grace upon each and every one of us. And uh, who name the name of Christ and please forgive us of our, our sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. And Lord, uh, help us to repent of our sins. And Lord, we do pray for the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and other plagues now that have come from that. Comfort them as only you can. Draw them to yourself for salvation. And we pray, Lord, for a few by name. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Maryland resident Justin Lloyd Helms. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Texas resident Rose Lang. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Minnesota resident Victor Jensen. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests. Thank you, Lord, for uh, allowing us to retrieve the prayer requests uh, from uh, Danielle, and we retrieved uh, something else from Danica, I believe, as well. We thank you for that. And uh, we thank you for their hard work on this November 1st, as they have worked faithfully for you for many years now. Bless them, Lord, for it. And bless them with the grace to continue on serving you as long as you see fit. We pray for Wayne. Please heal Bobby's kidneys. Please bless Jonathan with a new kidney. Please bless Nathan's finances. Please heal Wayne and Jennifer from bronchitis. And heal him from heart problems and swelling in his feet. Stop his valves from leaking. Heal him from arthritis, emphysema, and COPD, cough, and stomach problems. Bless his stent operation and give him peace of mind and heart. Please heal Tony from coronavirus plague. Please bless Nikki and Brad with a smooth adoption of their baby girl. We pray, Lord, for Matthew. Please heal his girlfriend, Kimberly, from all illness. We pray, Lord, for Pastor Bushibi, and we join him in thanking you for lost souls that have gotten saved during the baptism service. Lives changed and people healed and delivered. 
Thank you for the baptism service going well and for Sister Evelyn's family giving them a plot of land for free. Please work everything out regarding the legal process to get the title deed. Protect the children from the devil, all of our children from the devil. Secret religions, drugs, addictions, lesbianism, homosexuality, murder, etc. And bless their sponsored media program that raises the concern about parenthood, learning structures, and Christian values and faith. Please heal Sister Dora's knees, provide for your church, and deliver the church from economic hardships, family disputes, insecurity, starvation, and poverty. Deliver Kenya and all of Africa from drought, famine, and starvation. Provide them with Bibles for new souls, basic needs for orphans and widows, food and water, church planting and construction, and financial resources for ministry. And Lord God in heaven, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. And we pray for the thousands who have gotten saved. And we pray for a few by name. We pray for Augustine, Lori Lee, Chrissy, Aditha, and Sheik. We pray also for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. We pray for the thousands who have done so through the preaching of the whole counsel of God, and we pray for a few by name. We pray for Seagree, Angel, Wessel, Josephina, and Doris. Lord God in heaven, we commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours as well. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. Dear friends, God bless you. Until next time, make sure you pray without ceasing. And uh, make sure you keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. And the best way to do that is to pray without ceasing and to read his word. And as the Marines say, simplify, always faithful. And as the Air Force boys say, simple supra, always above. God bless you. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow as the music plays.